a podcast featuring ordinary men of extraordinary faith. This is Mana. Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Mana, a podcast featuring ordinary men of extraordinary faith. I'm your host, Jeff Peterson. Now, none of the guys that you're going to meet on this podcast would consider themselves to be extraordinary, but it's their humble, holy way of living. That's exactly what makes them extra to me, and I'm excited for you to meet them. All right, so today's guest and I first got to know each other on a fishing boat. Now, it wasn't the first time that we'd met uh, because our kids lined up uh, in, in elementary school, this little Catholic elementary school that they attended. And so by nature, uh, we, uh, through them and through our wives, we already knew of each other, but we really didn't get to start to know each other until we found ourselves on a fishing boat uh, with a bunch of other dads from this school. Uh, and all of us had varying degrees of fishing skill, okay? And anybody listening who knows me, you it's not hard to believe that I was on the low end of the skill spectrum. So I spent most of my time on the boat waiting to be off the boat and in the small town bar doing karaoke later that night. Uh, whereas <clears throat> I'm pretty sure uh, uh, one of my earliest fishing memories of our guest involved him actually, I'm pretty sure I have this right, I think he actually caught a fish with his bare hands or something like that. Uh, it was kind of fuzzy. Anyway, I bring up the fishing boat and the other men that we were with because as I've gotten to know our guest uh, greater these many great years since, uh, that scene and that setting and this man uh, creates a really cool visual for me whenever I hear in church uh, that Bible verse about Jesus appearing on the shore and Peter and all the other disciples who are fishing uh, and, and how, as the story goes, when Peter sees Jesus, he just drops everything jumps in the water, and swims to Jesus, okay? Doesn't even think about it. He just, he just dives right in, leaving everybody else on the boat. And so all these other guys are on the boat processing what just happened as Peter's just like hightailing it to the shore. Uh, and and so, so anyway, when, uh, you know, when I hear that reading, I picture all of, all of our friends, fishing friends, on the boat, uh, the boats that we've been on, and, uh, and today's guest being the guy to be the guy that jumps first. Uh, and not because he's the preachiest guy or the churchiest guy or the most obvious guy to do it, but, you know, but neither was Peter, you know. Um, but because, like Peter, our guest lives with unbridled conviction and action. It's not impulsive, erratic action, but convicted action. When, you know, this is a guy that when he knows something's right, when something's real, he's, he's just in. He just goes. You know, the time between you know, knowing what uh, the right thing is and then doing the right thing is so fast for this guest. Uh, he just, he knows, like w when he knows what's true, he has a gift for knowing it and living it. Um, uh, he just, it, it's the guest just knows what's true. So true marriage, for example, uh, as one who, like many of us, significantly outkicked his coverage in the marriage uh, category. Uh, true fatherhood uh, as a dad who supports his two boys' dreams with equal parts passion and practicality, a very practical man, and true family uh, as a son and a brother who's gone, gone through kind of a lot this last year, which we'll probably talk about a little bit later. Uh, and then finally, as a true friend, uh, whether you find yourself uh, on a fishing boat with him, around a bonfire with him, uh, or just walking about town and running into him. 
So anyway, please welcome today's man of man, Mr. Gary Bischel. Hey, Gary. Good evening. I'm glad we had a chance to to get together and do this tonight. That's all right. Well, I want to kind of start, uh, as I mentioned, as a, you know, ad nauseum here in, in, the, in the intro a little bit long, but you know, you do operate uh, with such this this zest for life. Ever since I've known you, you've been you've just been a guy who's been all in. You know, I mean, with friendship and family, you and positivity, and so you know, kinetically, you know, with sports, you're a big athlete. You know, you take up barefoot water skiing in your 40s. I mean, nobody does that kind of stuff. So I want to just kind of start, where does that, where does that kind of zest for life, this just sort of like energy come from? Has that always been part of the Gary Bischel DNA? Yeah, I think so. Um, unfortunately, that zest for life and, and quick action has nearly killed me a few times. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, that's always kind of been who I am and, and uh uh, ever since I was a little kid, I was always the the one doing the crazy things, and I always seemed to survive it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I I'm pretty certain I got that from my dad. Mm-hmm. Um, he uh, he had a lot of that in him, mm-hmm. and uh, same thing. It's you know he just he saw something he was going to do it, and if somebody said no, oh that was even more reason to do it. <laughs> and I, I guess unfortunately that probably carried on to me. Yeah. You've also been, since we've known each other, you know, we've been part of this, this kind of cabal of men, this great group of guys that says kind of, you know, we kind of move around like, like a rugby team from thing to thing. Have, has that, has the, has the, um, has the, uh, kind of the relationship with other guys been something consistent? Like when you were growing up, did you have a pack of guys that you, you know, that you hung with and has that been a consistent part of how you engage with others? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, thinking back, you know, starting back in high school, um, had a you know good group of friends that I, I stay close to today. And then, yeah, as you mentioned, you know, moving on into college and then after college and meeting you and, and the rest of the guys you mentioned, and, and we're still as tight today as, uh, as we ever have, if not even closer. So, yeah, maybe that's just good fortune. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't know, is that something you, you seek out? Um, or does that just kind of happen, you know, when you're around good people? Yeah. Um, you know, but whatever the, whatever the case is, it's something I cherish for sure. Yeah. You also have a great way. And I mentioned the bonfire. This is, I, I, I know you remember this cause we've talked about this. So, um, you know, amidst all of the rah, rah and fraternal kind of zaniness that goes along with just being, you know, dumb guys sometimes and doing dumb stuff. You also have just a great way of being able to connect individually with people so you know i still remember you know the night we were sitting around some up at somebody's cabin and we found ourselves we're the only ones up we're sitting around a bonfire i think we talked well into the into the morning um and just and i don't even think it was one of those like uh, if we would have been in a car like windshield time things i don't even always been there yeah and it was yeah. just such yeah. a cool um, yeah. a cool moment so i so will say as, that as, as we well. get older and so has that um, uh really start to notice you know certain characteristics in people um by nature i like people mm-hmm. um and not just on the surface. I mean, we all have acquaintances and people you see around town and that's, that's fine. But, you know, to really get to know people, um, whether that's a conversation or that's a shared interest or whatever it is, but just, uh, it's, it's, I enjoy getting to know somebody. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and most of the time when you do that, you find out they're a really good person. 
And that's great. Uh, so you just keep doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Who are some guys, because I don't think, and part of the premise of MANA is that men, by and large, kind of stink <laughs> at, uh, yeah. at, you know, uh, talking about things that really matter and you know, whether it's in, in regards to faith or family or friendship or whatever. And so the idea is that, gosh, if more guys just hear other guys talk, you know, then maybe they'll be comfortable. But, yeah. but, but so you, aside from your dad, were there other men in your life growing up that were role modeling to you, like showing you how it was possible to still be fun, still be part of the gang, still, you know, go embrace life, gusto, Red Bull, blah, blah, blah. But then also, you know, have the capacity to actually make a, a real connection with, with, with other guys, with other people. Yeah. Um, you know, thinking about it now that you brought it up, um, and maybe there's some similarities. I had an uncle, um, my mom's older brother, uh, full of life, still rides a Harley. He's 83 years old. <laughs> wow. And uh, he just, he loves life. And uh, just... A, a wonderful guy and my grandma passed away maybe seven years ago uh maybe even 10 years ago now and i remember talking to him and and he lived in the same town small town in wisconsin and he would go and check on her every day she lived independently until the last year or two of her life you know well into her 80s and um and he would go over there uh every day check on her bring her food fix whatever needed to be fixed around the house, get her to appointments, that sort of thing. And uh, when she passed away, I, I remember saying to him, I, I thanked him. And uh, I said, Twain, I said, uh, you know, what you did was pretty incredible. I said, I don't know how you could do that. You know, I mean, it, it takes a lot. And he yeah. looked at me and he said, Gary, you did the same thing. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. So you know, there's people Neat. like that in your life that, yeah. that thinking back now, yeah, they... They have an influence. Yeah. You know, yeah. you don't need to be the, you know, the hard guy, yep. which is what we want to be. Well, and neat, and neat for him to say that to you and kind of affirm that, you know, for you. It's because I th would imagine, you know, you hearing that, you know, as that bit of validation had to, well, obviously it made an impression. That's great. How do you do that with your, with your boys? So your boys are wonderful young men that we've had the blessing of, of literally seeing them grow up with alongside our girls. And of course, you know, we have all girls, you have all boys. And so it's a totally different dynamic, but how, and, and they've grown up to be like, you know, I, I don't call them mini you because they're big guys, <laughs> but, but I mean, you've, you've been so successful in, in nurturing and cultivating the exactly the kind of young men that, that, you know, that you turned out to be. And, and, and so how, I guess a long way to the question, how, how conspicuous, you know, were the efforts to, you know, put them in situations, have conversations, you know, whether it was through school or activities, you know, how engineered, I guess, was, did, did, did you feel that process was with the boys or did you feel like, you know what, they, it just kind of by nature of, the friends they had, the environments they were put in, it all just sort of shaped or, or, or how, how deliberate was it for you? Yeah, I'll give you an answer that I'm fairly certain they'll disagree with. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, as, as our good friend Glenn Prolall had told me a number of times over the years as, as he was telling me about how he was raised and, and it stuck with me and I tried to apply this yeah. as I was raising my kids, uh, he would say uh, his dad uh, when he was growing up would say, Glenn, 
uh, I'm going to give you enough rope to hang yourself, (laughs) 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 which is actually pretty prophetic. And uh, so I, I actually, believe it or not, again, my kids would never, would never believe this, but I actually tried to apply that uh, in raising them, Mm -hmm. you know, give them enough rope to hang themselves. Um, You know, and I think that worked out for the most part. Okay. Um, But you know, just, you try to instill good principles. Um, You know, it's about making good decisions. We hear that all the time, but, but I, I think it's deeper than that. I think it's just trying to, you know, help them to be good people and then the decisions, making good decisions becomes easier. Yeah. It just becomes kind of part of your nature. Now, everyone makes mistakes. Yeah. Uh, we all do, even though we try not to. But that was kind of the approach um, as opposed to micromanaging, hovering. We're all guilty of that. Mm-hmm. We are. It's hard not to be at times. But that was really the approach. And, you know, hopefully that that cap out, you know, that that stuck with them. Yeah. And, um, and they don't feel because at some point, the kids leave the house yeah. and then you don't have that control mm-hmm. and uh and that's okay it makes it much less threatening yeah now if you did if you did a little bit of it because I, I didn't have to go deep on the research here uh i mean this is fairly surface level here but you know if you did a little bit of an educational sort of lineage thing with your family uh and and i didn't go all the way back to like your dad or whatever but just starting with you so you go you uh, attended St. John's uh, for college. Uh, we've had a lot of Johnnies on the show, unfortunately. No Gusties, <laughs> not nearly enough Gusties. But anyway, uh, St. John's for you. Uh, the boys then go to Holy Name uh, Catholic Elementary School. They go to Benilde St. Margaret a Catholic High School. You got one at Notre Dame. And so you got a nice little run here with some fairly, uh, fairly on purpose, you know, uh, Christian... Uh, sort of pedagogy <laughs> there how 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 uh, coincidence on per, uh, intentional or just something that felt like the right kind of path yeah well the holy name was was very intentional um that was a decision that kathy and i you know easily made mm-hmm. and and fortunately turned out to be probably the best decision we ever made for um for the entire family you mm-hmm. know for the kids for sure um and for kathy and i and just meeting good people. And again, it just makes our job as, as parents and, and good citizens a whole lot easier uh, yeah. when you're, when you're in a good environment like that. Um, so that was definitely intentional, you know, from that point forward, um, going to a Catholic high school, that was really their decision. Um, we were going to support them. You know, said, you fine if you want to go to the public high school and ways, mm-hmm. oh, that's great. It's a great school. If you want to go somewhere else, a smaller environment, a little different experience, you can do that too. And they both chose um, to yeah. go on to to Benilde and, and had a good experience there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, did did you feel that again when uh, from a um, not hedging the bet, but but you know, so you've got then another community of sort of you know they're surrounded by, and not that they're spending eight hours a day, you know praying the rosary and doing things like that, but they're in a they're in a setting that is you know, um, designed to, to foster things like reflection and, and talk about you know, morality and talk about faith. I mean, do you feel like, again, you know, you, you sort of had a, a little uh, tacit support network there, you know, that was just kind of helping. At least you had, you can't predict the future, but at least you had the, the momentum was in the right direction. You oh, know? yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, again, it, you know, you, you get to a point where, 
you know, all that is, is certainly true and that's a big influence. Um, but again, at, at some point, um, you know, they, they're kind of on their own mm-hmm. and, um, but to have that, that backing and to have that, um, that good foundation without question definitely helps. And, yeah. and, and, you know, I look at my kids today and, and I see that carrying on. Yeah, I really do. Yeah. You know, um, and, but you know, things are going to change and, and this, this in a good way, um, maybe a bit off topic, but, uh, you know, as I, you know, I look at, you know, going back to my dad, for example, and I, and I see how he has changed so much, um, you know, over the last 30, 40 years mm-hmm. and particularly in the last 10 or 20 years. Yeah. Um, and, and you see, you know, you see that change and that's, that's what happens as, as people. Um, and that's, that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and but you know through that change you see the the one thing that remains constant is that that foundation those those principles that morality that that doesn't waver Mm -hmm. um yeah and and it you know you can you can be you know a more tender person a more caring person doesn't make you a lesser man yeah and, so and I've seen that and, and, you know, hopefully I'll, I'll see that with my kids too. So true. Well, and, and very visibly I saw that and a lot of our friends saw that. Uh, I mentioned this briefly in your intro a few months ago um, when um, both your dad, your boys, yourself, um, and a church were involved and from it, from a distance at your mom's funeral and the, the, the image of, of you and your dad in the, in, in the same pew and then right behind you, your boys. And it created this, this visual for all of us that saw it from across the church that was so powerful. And it was just like, and obviously you've got, there were a lot of family there, but if, for the people that love you, we, you, you, these are the four, you know, and obviously Kathy, but as I think of, you know, this, what we try to talk about here on manna and strong men and that, and that, and then men of faith, you know, that seeing those Bishel men, you know, in that setting, talk about how, you know, you guys have all, literally you guys have all, you know, kind of gotten through the last couple of months. Cause I, I would imagine because of your dad's influence and because your boys are, it's like you're bookended with, wonderful men right your dad mm-hmm. in front of you your boys behind you that's had to feel very strong over the last couple of months of just crap that you've had to go through oh yeah um but i'll i'll tell you none of that happens without kathy yeah yeah without question so yeah that's that is so true that's, yeah. yeah yeah so that's you know as again everyone goes through you know different things in life but uh, I'll tell you, um, the, the thing I'm most blessed with, aside from, you know, a lot of other great things in, in my family growing up and with a larger extended family with aunts and uncles and cousins who are all great, um, you know, having Kathy there um, has just allowed all that to continue to happen. And mm-hmm. um, and, and a, a really neat thing as well is um, not only is it, as it, made us as a family better without question. I can't imagine what we'd be like without her. Um, be scary, but, um, uh, but also then, you know, having her family be brought into our life or I'll say it differently, us being brought into their lives. Yeah. Um, that's been incredibly 
powerful. And, and, um, and again, I, I just don't know how you get through in a living without that type of support. And that's just been incredible. You know, her family is, you know, it's my family. We're all one family. It's not the Bishels or Kathy's family. It's just the family. And, um, it's all the same. No, we're, we have we have that uh, in common. Where we both married, we both married very, very well. Yeah, much better than our spouses married. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, yeah. It's, uh, it, it would be pretty pathetic to see what we would be like yeah. if we didn't have them. It reminds me of, uh, and you'll remember this, Father Arnold years ago at Holy Name. You know, you could you could set your watch by it every year. There'd be a homily about priorities, and he always talked about it goes God, spouse, kids, work. Yeah. And uh, for those that were new to the, to the church, sometimes they'd go like, hey, wait a minute, shouldn't kids be? And he was always like, nope. He said, you got to have it. You got to get it right with God and then get it right with your spouse. And then everything else will flow from it. Yeah, that's, that's very, it. very true. That's it. Yeah, that's very true. All right. Well, hey, we are, uh, we are already uh, to the fun segment <clears throat> of the big show here where we ask the same three questions of every guest and marvel at the creative, uh, the creative responses that they've had plenty of time to cook up. Uh, and so let's, uh, let's dive right into it. So fun segment, question number one. If, uh, if Jesus uh, knocked on your door tomorrow morning and just wanted to spend the day with you, you got nothing but you and Jesus, just Gary and Jesus hanging out for the whole day, what are you going to do with Jesus? Hmm. Well, it, it would be somewhere on a lake. Uh, as in, as far as the setting, but uh, I know what I'd want to ask um, is, you know, what what advice did his dad, God, uh, hand down to him yeah. that you know I could hand down to my kids? Um, you know, you, you think you know, you know, you go to church, you read the Bible, you sit through class in school, whatever. Yeah. So you think you know, but there's you know, there's got to be more, and. Uh, that to me would be wonderful. Yeah. You know, that would be, what, what could I do? Are there some things that are so obvious that you miss them yeah. that, you know, you could be doing different and, um, you know, and, and, you know, what we found, you, you mentioned the last few months being, you know, a, a tough one with some losses with, you know, my mom, of course. Um, but then, you know, our good friend Glenn Proto, his brother passed away, unfortunately, right. not too long ago. And, and um, uh, you know, what, we, what I learned uh, through that process is you, you live to, to leave a legacy. Um, not because you want to put your name on the side of a building or, you know, leave a you know, a pot of money for your kids or whatever. It's, it's not that it's about leaving this lasting memory, you know, who that person was. And, um, and, and until you go through loss and this is, this is the unfortunate part, I think until you go through loss, you don't realize that. And And it takes grief to really understand that, which is so unfortunate. We should, we would like to think we'd, we could figure that out without having to go through grief or suffering or loss, but we don't. Yeah. At least I know I don't. Yeah. And uh, it, but when it happens, um, there's some comfort to it. Um, as tough as is losing somebody you love is, it's also comforting to know that you know that person left a, 
a really lasting memory, a lasting legacy. Yeah. And, and it's okay that they're not here anymore physically. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. They're on a, you know, off to a better place and all the stuff we hear about, but it's really true. It helps us, the people that remain, feel really good. And then someday, not to get too morbid, but we are, we're not going to be here forever. And, you know, there's fear in that as, yeah. as parents, we, we worry, yeah. you know, um, certainly when your kids are younger, you still do like, geez, what if I'm not here? How are my kids going to take care of themselves? How yeah. are they going to handle this? But having gone through it yourself and feeling good about it, because you know, the person you lost left a great legacy, a great memory, yeah. then it takes some of that fear for me anyways, it takes away, hopefully it's not going to be for quite a while, even though I've tested this probably too many times in my life. <laughs> Tempting bait. That's a whole other podcast episode when we go yeah. through all of your uh, yeah. near-death experiences. Yeah, so I, I'm probably the wrong guy to talk about this. But um, but yeah, it's it's to know that, you know, it, it it's going to be okay. Yeah. You know, if, if you leave that, that legacy, then the people that, that you leave behind will, will be okay. Yeah, yeah. So. I have a feeling that... Um, in that day with Jesus, when you're asking him about that advice that he got uh, from his dad, uh, I have a feeling similar to the conversation that you had with your uncle when your uncle looked at you and said, you did the same thing. I have a feeling Jesus would probably um, spend a little bit of time also just um, you know, bringing up the things that you've said and that you've done. Uh, for your boys that he'd be like you know what dude you already knocked out these these <laughs> like like nice job so i think that would be a very affirming day all right uh fun segment question number two if you could go to church with any other guy living or dead famous or not uh no rules other than you're going to church you're going with a guy who is it going to be well i would have to say that would be my father-in-law uh passed away four, five years ago. And, uh, and some really great memories, um, of him at church. Mm. Um, he was always the best dressed guy in church. (laughs) He was a great dresser to begin with, but Sundays were an important day for him. He would, he would look great, put on a great suit, shirt, tie, the whole thing. And then more often than not, he was an usher at the church and he loved it. And, and it was kind of ironic because he's, he was a pretty introverted guy. Um, he's wonderful, wonderful man. Um, but he, he was by nature an introvert. Mm-hmm. Um, but he loved to, to be the usher. And he would walk up and down the aisle, say hi to everyone, yeah. shake their hands, pat them on the back. He just loved it. Yeah. And, and that it was so fun to see him in that environment. And um, so I'd, I'd love to, to see him do that again. That would be great. I wish I would have met him. All right, fun segment question. Uh, last question, number three. If you uh, could give, and obviously you've done this, so you just have to kind of pick one that, you've, that you're particularly fond of here. Uh, but if you could give one piece of advice to a younger man, about living, basically turning out like you. So living a confident, humble, yet holy life of faith and purpose and just everything that we've talked about the last half hour here. What would that one piece of advice be to a younger man? Yeah, so on a, on a think back to our friend Glenn's brother's funeral uh, not too long ago and, and the priest who was Glenn's cousin mm-hmm. um, said something that, that really 
struck me, and, and it, it stays with me now, of course. Um, and he said something to the effect that uh, people judge us by what's on the surface, uh, but God judge us or judges us for what's in our heart. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of layers to that. And um, But to me, what that means and, and why it's so important, I think, is it, it tells us that, um, one, we have to try really hard to do the right thing. Yeah. Not just sometimes, but all the time. Because there's always somebody watching. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and, you know, um, when it's convenient or when yeah. it's to our benefit or our advantage, then I'll do, the, you know, things one way. Or if it's not, I'll do it a different way. That's not going to cut it. Yeah. Um, that might work in, you know, daily life. Um, as you go through your workday or whatever the case is, people might see something and, you may cast an impression that you want them to see, but what's really in your heart is being judged a yeah. different way. Yeah. And, and those things, those, those two things are very different. And when you do that, and again, that's, it's not easy and we all fail at that. I mean, don't get me wrong. <laughs> we all fail, even though we try. Um, but when you have that in focus, um, yes, it can be daunting because in one breath it says you know i've got to try to kind of be perfect all the time have a pure heart and pure intentions and all this how do you live up to that but it also takes away some some pressure to say you know what i don't know what the outcome is going to be i don't know how this is going to be received by others but i know what i'm doing is good and i know it's right yeah and that's just the way i'm going to do it yeah and yeah. uh, and that that would be the best advice I could give yeah. to uh, to any young people or or not so young people. Yeah, um, just do what's I right. I agree. I agree because I think I think as, as as that's a that's an affliction that sticks with us our whole lives is yeah. is making decisions not necessarily based on what's inside but what we hope to be sort of like affecting on the outside and it just is uh, yeah yeah so. You know, it's uh, what in baseball, if you bat 300, you're, you're an all-star, Yeah. you know, uh, <laughs> and maybe that's what we're trying to get to here. Maybe we can bat 300 by those criteria we're doing okay too, but um, you got to try. I think so. You know, you got to try. So. I'm into that. All right. Well, hey, Gary Bischel, thank you so much. You're a dear friend and uh, you have blessed our family, our whole family, not just this guy sitting across this very long table uh, from you, but uh, all of the Petersons and... We love you and thanks for being on the show. All right. Thank you. That's fun. Thank you for listening to MANA. If you have any questions or recommendations for future guests, send them to manapodcast at gmail.com.